Hey listeners, welcome back to the Fandom Done Right podcast. I hope you've really enjoyed uh, season four of the podcast. We're really winding down to the end. I really hope you enjoyed Spider-Man Month and all the great topics we got to cover just before No Way Home releases to theaters and we get to review that on the podcast and enjoy this last Marvel Monthly of the year with you guys. We wanted to re-release Cole and I's reviews of Spider-Man Homecoming and Spider-Man Far From Home. These are both from the Marvel Rewatch series we did, or I did, I guess, back in 2020. So you can go back and enjoy all of those. They're all still here on the podcast feed back in season two. And if this is something that you enjoy, please let us know on social media, or you can email in at gazeboeffectpodcast at gmail.com. Because If this is something you guys like to hear or you like putting these in collections like trilogies or phases, I guess those would be really long, though. I'm willing to do that. And that'd be really fun as well. So I hope you guys enjoy. If it's for the first time listening or your time coming back, Cole and I's uh, reviews. These are on completely different dates. We don't know anything about phase four. So some of the speculation might be a bit dated. uh, But other than that, I hope you just have a good time. Gazebo Effect podcast. This is another episode of our Marvel Cinematic Universe rewatch series. Today, I'm joined by Cole again. Hey guys, Cole is returned. Returning, returned. Cole is helping me cover. <laughs> They're movies that we enjoy. They're not our favorites. No, but not... we do both love Spider-Man. Oh yeah. We're we talking about Spider-Man for. Just a little bit, because really the beef of our episode today is talking about Black Panther, because we just really wanted to spend some time on it, because it's really good and mm-hmm. kind of relevant right now. But we do have to talk about Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, big follow-up to... One of the follow-ups to Civil War. What did you... What is your, like, just opinion of the movie? I thought it was a great way to actually integrate him. They did a great job of introducing him into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but then to give him his own freedom to have a his own movie. And, and I it think, was great. I think Tom Holland really carries this movie in a lot of ways. That's really just how I felt. Oh, yeah. And I think this movie, it kind of struggles at being a Spider-Man movie. I kind of felt less this time. But especially with previous watches, it was like you could get any hero and toss them in there. Mm-hmm. And it could still be, it still work. It doesn't really have to be Spider-Man. And I say that because he's kind of a self-made man. And Peter Parker is known for being poor and having to make everything from scratch. Because he's smart. Like, he builds things himself. But in this movie, it's like everything is given to him. And that's that's part of why I think it's so great is he's been given this, but he really doesn't know what to do with it. 
He doesn't know how to use it, though. Exactly. And I think Peter should be sort of smarter than that. But at the same point, he's doing really well at playing a, a 15-year-old kid. Right. Which Tom Holland, for being probably 20 at the time, Yeah, he was, did it so He was well. 19. Or think, I think he was 19 when he did this. Unlike Black Panther, which we're going to talk about, I think... This one is a little closer in terms of the villain and the hero being super, super good. And I don't know which one of them carries the movie more. I think it's kind of hand in hand. But Michael Keaton coming in as Vulture was a great casting. So good. And yes, he is another hero that's fundamentally affected by Tony Stark. And that's annoying. And I don't like that. (laughs) I saw a thing the other day where it's like listing out. They said there were six villain mcu villains made by tony stark but there's more than that there's way more than that (laughs) zemo vulture ultron well obadiah stain obadiah stain ultron whiplash that's five that's five oh mysterio mysterio so there's like six big ones there's probably a bunch of other ones that are sort of him you can't blame all the space stuff on him. He didn't. Aldrich Killian. Aldrich Killian. Because he skipped him out on a meeting one time. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> I, I do disagree with people that this movie is Iron Man 4. I don't think it's Iron Man 4. No. No. Robert Downey Jr. was... I said this when we were watching it. He he did three days of filming for this. Which for was like... For $10 million. Yeah, for $10 million. I don't know if... I think it might have been seven. Don't quote me on that. It's more money than I'll make in my entire, entire lifetime, easily. So, but I do love that he's in this movie. I think Tony Stark has too much influence in the the whole MCU, though, and that's just a difficult thing for me to comprehend with sometimes. <laughs> but following Civil War, it just it makes a lot of sense. I love that he's just like, don't do anything I wouldn't would do. do, but then don't do anything I wouldn't do either. It's a little gray area. That's where he operates. <laughs> It's one of my favorite quotes from the movie. It is. There's so many good quotes from this mm-hmm. movie. And he brings Happy Hogan in. Which we love Happy Hogan. Yes. So great. <laughs> but yeah, he's not really that classic of a Spider-Man. There's... And the other ones aren't either, though. So, I guess, the best comic book accurate, just really the best heart and representation of Spider-Man you can get is Spider-Man PS4. Yes. Current media. <laughs> Other video games could also be put up there, but that's the one. That's It really gets it nails it on its head. I think a lot of people say it's like, oh, it's kind of like an amalgam of all the Spider-Man characters. Like, he's part Tom Holland. He looks like kind of like Andrew Garfield and, Spider- and Tom Holland. Well, the thing is, he's le- I think it's less that that is like an amalgam of all the Spider-Man movies rather than... It's the best things that those Spider-Man movies got from Spider-Man, mm-hmm. and he has them all in one place. That all being said, I really do like Tom Holland's Spider-Man. I don't know if he's my favorite Spider-Man, but he is my favorite Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Yeah. It's much more seamless, and he does it just so well. And he put in time to... He like learned a Brooklyn accent for this movie and does it really well. It's like so much was was trying to tank this movie (laughs) for one sony 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 
they could do a podcast just on so and this was before the whole thing where they were going to lose the rights to spider-man mm-hmm. and all that i i didn't think it was going to go well they they did about half the movie in trailers right every major plot point and then it's just it was like they barely kept it from failing well john watts came in as the director and he was just an up and coming he had a lot of creative driven he had a really great team so they made a really awesome movie with with that and kevin feige of course doing a lot of involvement with the movie so it doesn't really matter to me that much that it's not classic spider-man as much as it's a really good movie Mm -hmm. and it's really well done and it does a lot of like the high school movie tropes as well (laughs) which i really enjoy what are you gonna say i love this is the most realistic high school movie i've ever seen it's true it's <laughs> the the high schoolers actually look real and there's awkward people and it's a awkward it's bathroom scene awkward <laughs> bathroom scenes we just we just watched it so that's definitely on our minds too but it's like what he's there hiding behind a window and they're like what are you doing nothing man what are you doing yeah hey what's dude, up what's up chess <laughs> chess I mean, it's just an it's an awkward like uh, academic high school, and they they show that really well. Which is very different from my high school. (laughs) Yeah, and mine. (laughs) I think um, the Amazing Spider-Man did also did Midtown Science. I think so. But it's it's just a high school. Mm -hmm. This one is like really. It's a prep school. It's it's basically a prep school, yeah. But he fits right in because Peter's so smart. Allegedly. <laughs> and I love the introduction to the character, but also I love everything about him. Do you know who I'm going to say? Ned. Ned Leeds. Ned Leeds. Oh, he's done so well. And then... Like, he just sneaks up to him by his locker. He's like, you could help me design my Death Star. That's when I knew that I was going to love this character. Ugh. I'm a big Lego fan. I've got... I actually have over 400 Lego sets now. It's true. Cole and is the biggest Lego <laughs> fan that I know. Hands down. Ned, just at that moment, I was like, oh, man, Ned's my man. There's just so much to like about him. He makes me laugh out loud, like, in every scene he's in. Like, he introduces us to, like, how he gets his powers, and he's like, can you spit venom? Can you summon armor spiders? And then he, like, when he finds him as Spider-Man, he just drops, drops the Death, the death star. star. That hurt. That hurt, Sony. <laughs> He's like, I can't keep it serious. It's the greatest thing that ever happened to me. I'm friends with a celebrity. Something I'll say about him is that he is wearing a wig the entirety of this movie. So, poor guy. Hats off to him. Uh, Do you like my hat? Cool. Yes. Thanks. It gives yes. me confidence. <laughs> I'm not actually wearing anything on my head. Here, I can fix that. There you go. Now I'm wearing a hat. (laughs) Aunt May is also one of the great things I think about this movie. Were you afraid that was not going to be good before before you saw it the first time? Well... Like, before Civil War, I guess. Before before Civil War. Because, you know, Aunt May has always been uh, older. But... She brings a lot of heart into this. Well, I think this is Aunt May, and maybe the other ones, and maybe the comic one is Great Aunt May, also, technically. Yeah. But she brings a lot of heart into it. She's and she's just a lot of 
she brings a lot of fun to Peter, especially in her last shot. <laughs> what the? <laughs> but I like when she's preparing him for the homecoming. Yeah, taking him to parties. Yes. she's just she's super funny. Larby. And I love that everyone else talks about how hot she is too, <laughs> like subtly the whole time. Yeah, like in Peter's video where Tony's just like, "What are you? Hey, Ma, what are you wearing? Some Skippy I hope." <laughs> Have to edit this out. That was the first thing I actually heard about when my friends saw Civil War without me. They're like, "Oh man, Aunt May was so hot," and I was like, "You guys saw it without me, and the first thing you're gonna tell me about is Aunt May." I should say that she's like the same age as RDJ. Yeah, she looks good. Yeah, so takes care of herself well. <laughs> so does he. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everyone knows that. He has good hair in this movie. Tony Stark's just good all around. He is, he's had good hair since uh, everything after Iron Man 3 and everything before Iron Man 3. So, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about hair. Tom Holland's got good hair in this movie. It's really authentic to high school, which I enjoy. He, he has some really terrible hair in the next one. And it was like, because he was filming something else and he had to keep the hair for that. And they tried to like fix it for Infinity War, it just didn't work. And then in Endgame, he has better hair just, just, just to discuss cause coming back, I guess. Tried to, tried to pull a uh, Henry Cavill on us. Yeah, basically. They just tried to like put it back, but it's just massive. It's this <laughs> big bob of hair. It's terrible. Luckily, it's in the Spider-Man suit most of the time. Yes. What'd you think of Karen, speaking of the Spider-Man suit? Karen was... I like Karen. She's probably my second favorite AI. Okay. What's your favorite AI? Well, Jarvis, of course. Jarvis, of course. Okay. So then Friday's third. I think that's it. Because we haven't really... Well, granted, we haven't had a lot of interaction with Friday, per se. <laughs> I like Friday at the end of Avengers Age of Ultron. There was something where she was... Someone was talking about like a line they really liked from mo- for movies that they don't think about a lot, and mm-hmm. someone posted the the one from Age of Ultron where she's like, "Sokovia is going for a ride," <laughs> but it was so I grave. That it one. was not like a joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then there's a part in Civil War where he's talking to her, and she's like, "What do you think I look like?" I'm thinking a uh, thinking a redhead. She's like, "You must be thinking of someone else." <laughs> Friday's really good. Mm-hmm. But I do like Karen. I it's kind of weird that we never see her again. But yeah, we okay. do. Oh wait, no, we don't. We never hear from Karen. He said he says activate instant kill, in Endgame, but she doesn't say it. Yeah, and it's on Far From Home. We have Edith, which is last place. Yes, because <sighs> Edith is just weird. But yeah, that's for that's a later true. discussion. A later discussion. Yeah, but Karen's so funny. She's played by the actress Jennifer Connelly. Jennifer Connelly, who's married to Paul Bettany, who plays Vision and played Jarvis. I don't know if they did it on purpose or they just thought she'd be good. Still cool. Still cool tidbit. I I get her. I'll be honest. I get her and Colby Smulders confused a lot. Yeah, I probably do too. I've probably seen Jennifer Connelly in things that I thought was Colby Smulders. <laughs> Colby Smulders the whole time. They were looking for Jennifer Connelly, but it was Kobe Smulders the whole time. The whole time. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
<laughs> That's what happens when you watch Spider-Man Homecoming and Black Panther in the same episode. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. But I do really enjoy Karen and the Washington Monument scene was actually really well yes. done. All of it, but the part now's your chance. Kiss her. Kiss her. <laughs> Upside down. It was, yeah, it's a good reference, but it was. I mean, because I felt like Sony was kind of poking fun at their self. We can only hope. In that scene, not only with like the upside down kiss, but also from the Amazing Spider-Man 2 when he failed to save Glenn from falling down. Not an elevator shaft, but yeah, something it was similar. an elevator shaft of some kind. Yeah. <laughs> I do actually really love that scene, and I I don't know if I'm going to cover Amazing Spider-Man in an episode. Maybe, hopefully not. Maybe I won't push my thoughts through that again. <laughs> but I really like scenes where it leaps off the page. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple of those that I can think of off the top of my head. One of them is in this movie, but that one's one where they really did well. And then there's one where Captain America stands up to Thanos. They use... This visually kind of looks like Endgame. But the line that he says to Thanos is one that Sharon Carter says to him in Civil War. Mm. So it kind of bounces around. But the the other one that I really enjoy, probably my favorite one that I can think of, is in this movie when Peter lifts the rubble Mm -hmm. to get out of the situation so he can face Vulture. That's just... It's so good. And when it's like the half of his face... I mean, the key of this movie is, and I think they do well with saying that it's when Tony says, without the suit, you shouldn't have, like, if you're nothing without the suit, then you shouldn't have it. But I'm nothing without that suit. (laughs) Right. I mean, it's because he's a self-made man. Like, that's what Spider-Man should be. And so now we have this suit where it's like, oh, now everything, now we're like fast forward 20 years, Spider-Man, who's built all his own things, Mm -hmm. but you don't know how to use any of it. And then it goes back, peels it all back. And so Ned has to help him track down in the the undersuit is to Mm -hmm. fight Shocker for two seconds. Yeah. I don't want them to do Sinister Six. I have to say this. I know we're going to, not we're already running low on time because we want to spend time on Black Panther, but I don't want a sinister six you can't make a sinister six with the tinkerer shocker with the with the, the second shocker second the, shocker in this mo- in one movie and vulture and uh, scorpion we were planning at the beginning of this podcast we were planning a fair or not where i was just gonna bag on scorpion for the <laughs> entire time <laughs> i've decided i don't know if i'm gonna be able to do that mostly because I care about our listeners' time. <laughs> That's fair. You think David went went crazy on Mace Windu? I'm glad we did. Just the put Ma- me and Scorpion in a room. I'm gonna womp him with my tail. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we did the Mace Windu one when we did, because he would have lost it over Clone Wars season seven, civilian. <laughs> I, that's very interesting. I haven't seen... I didn't oh, watch it. dang it. I'm sorry. It's okay. I just... I don't want to watch it if I haven't seen the rest of it. Yeah, fair I enough. Know. I'm not a good... I want to be a good fan, but I don't have a good fan's amount of time. <laughs> I love the airplane scene. Mm-hmm. It's really well done. Yeah. But, like, the crash landing and how he's trying to save mm-hmm. 
basically crazy Adrian Toomes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, that's one thing that I do like about this movie as opposed to some of the other Marvel movies is that the villain doesn't die. Seriously. And, and Sony movies. And Sony movies, of course. Yeah, they all do it. But we we knew he was coming back because of the... Or it was assumed that he was coming back because of the end credits scene. But now that we know he's coming back in Morbius, which I looked up is coming out around this time next year. Nice. I don't... I guess I'll see it. Well, I'd have to see another trailer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you will. Oh, yeah. Think about who this is being made by. We're going to see half the movie before it releases. Right. All right, let's uh, let's transition here. There are so many MCU connections in this movie, actually. I think it might be the most references to MCU outside of Endgame. I think it actually surpasses Winter Soldier, but let's name some of them. Civil War tie-in is a big one, of course. Of course. Directly from Peter's iPhone. <laughs> Maybe iPhone, I don't know. I should say this now. There's the biggest discrepancy in the timeline is in this movie. It's not eight years. They literally were just like, I guess we just made a mistake. What? That's just a dumb one. They should have put, if they put anything in the region of five years. Some uh, some years. Six years would have been too many. Five. Like they tried to fix it and they still broke it. They just need, they just needed to do like a director's cut and change the amount of years. It's just painfully wrong. Sony's revenge. <laughs> Seriously, I wonder if that's what it was. And then of course there's Captain America, Tony Stark's in this movie, Happy Hogan. Most of the weapons that they get are from various parts of the MCU. Mm-hmm. The New York the, Lagos. Yeah, there's the crossbones arm from Lagos, which was the I didn't notice that. I didn't know the shocker arm was made from crossbones mm-hmm. arm. From the beginning of Civil War. So that was kind of my... That was one of my OMG. I just noticed this. And they have an Ultron arm. I think one of the things that's in the um, damage control unit is the the drop key from Sokovia. What's I the think drop key? When he had the thing... When Ultron had the setup in the church. And there was a key that went into the machine. Oh, okay. That they had to... I think he initiated it, and it yeah. would send Sokovia down. Oh, okay. It's been too long. <laughs> and, of course, there's Chachari weapons, which is from Avengers, which we know that. But there's so many other ones. The teacher for the, the decathlon coach, he it's actually just a casting, but they retconned it to where his character he plays a character in the computer lab in Incredible Hulk. So they, they said, oh, he, he came up to Midtown to teach. So that was really cool. Uh, the principal for Midtown is the same actor as one of the Howling Commandos. But in this timeline, he's, what is it? The Probably gr- the grandson. grandson. Yeah, the grandson. And you can see the a picture of himself, question mark, up on his own shelf. Well, it is a picture of himself, but... <laughs> It's a picture of his grandfather, Cole. <laughs> Jeez. And uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's back. That was, that was a shock for that me. That was actually a shock. Yeah. 
She didn't know what movie she was filming. <laughs> or what candles she was selling. Got her. Oh. Oh. Oh, man. Boom roasted. All right, let's transition to OMG just noticed this because there's, there's way too many MC connections to cover. We okay. covered the good ones. I think we covered all the best ones. Patience. Patience. Yeah, the end credit scenes. Um, there's a part of the beginning where the teacher is talking, like Flash answers the answer, like answers at first and he's wrong, and then she asks Peter because he's distracted. <laughs> and she goes, Flash, just because you're being the fastest doesn't mean you're right. Oh, man. Mm. The teacher called, you might hear the teacher call Flash the Flash. This is a <laughs> reference to the DC character, the Flash, who can run very fast. <laughs> Shoppers gauntlets from crossbones. I said that. Oh, there's a there's a random line that's just a throwaway line that made me laugh, made us both laugh out loud. There's a part where um, Ned's like, "Did you get expelled? Are you gonna have to go to school in '46 where the principal has a crossbow?" <laughs> and Peter's like, "I'm pretty sure that's an urban myth, but I know I'm not no. expelled." <laughs> this is the one that big one I noticed, and I'm. I'm kind of salty because Isabel laughed at us for not noticing this, but I'm like, you didn't notice this. <laughs> I'm saying this now because she's not in the room. The Avengers base looks completely different in every, every movie time. that it's in. What is the design? This one, it's like got gardens and it's got, it's like way outlandish. Like Ten stories tall. Because there's, so in Age of Ultron, it's got this kind of like, kind of basis, not much to it. And then in Ant-Man, it doesn't not really look like that. It's, it's just a warehouse. Yeah. It doesn't show anything else. And then I guess is Civil War, which it's like a it couple of stories. Like, it looks more like a house than like a compound. It looks more like Age of Ultron. Yeah. But not. it looks a little more. And then this one is just... <laughs> it looks like an industrial building. It looks like an off. It looks like a corporate yeah. office. And then I think in Infinity War it's paired back again to like Civil War, and then Endgame it's like even changed again. Yeah. So, the Avengers base inconsistency. <laughs> That's the other thing I just noticed. Cringe. Cringe. A little bit. Uh, the cringe. But oh no, I was talking about the Avengers base. <laughs> the Avengers that base. makes you cringe a little bit. I like consistency. <laughs> I like building consistency. I don't even know if I have any cringes off the top of my head. It's not really a cringe because it made me laugh, but you're probably going to say the same thing when Ned's saying, like, I'm looking at porn. <laughs> Terrible. And it was like someone from the theater said it when I was watching it. Like, they knew he was going to say it. I was like, that was me. I was like, no, don't say it. Don't say it. Oh, yep, he said it. No, someone before he finished saying it would when I saw it as of summer but it's like no so funny but really yeah oh the LARP scene is a little cringy <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a cringy line yes but I think it's funny I appreciate that's like humor that I really enjoy <laughs> especially when Peter's like I think he LARPs you you know one thing we should go back and talk about real quick the Michael Keaton uh, Adrian Toomes Reveal as Liz's dad. Hands down, one of the best moments in the movie. Yes. And Mike Keaton's just terrifying. Possibly more terrifying without the vulture suit. Mm-hmm. Good old Spider-Man. 
But yeah, I really... You will never see me coming. No. <laughs> no, we're not going back. <laughs> I'm not going back! <laughs> I'm gonna make you go first because I have thought about this exactly zero. Cool, what would you... What's your dark horse for this movie? Ned? Yeah? No, no. I'd say Vulture. You say Vulture? Because Vulture, ah, oh, he just, he hit that out of the park. When I saw that they were going to do Vulture for his, for Spider-Man's first MC movie by himself in the MCU, I was like, you couldn't have gone with a better villain. But he did. They made his story interesting and he just sold it so well. I really like that choice. I'm going to say Ned, because I just enjoyed him too much on this rewatch <laughs> to not say it. So the hat gives him confidence. Mm. He's just so funny. And I love the part where he's like, I don't even remember the context, but he was wearing the, the, wearing the Spider-Man mask. <laughs> and they said something, and he's like, badass. <laughs> but I don't remember it They're, all. They're trying to figure out where um, the Shocker where the, Yeah, we're trying to figure where Shocker's going. But Dead Leads, just gotta love it. Alright, welcome to the final episode of the MCU Rewatch. The final, final episode. <laughs> For now. <laughs> no! We've still got Black Widow. Yeah, but that's a first watch. Not a Marvel rewatch. I guess that's true. Well, welcome. Uh, we're changing things up today. It's Cole, and I'll be your host tonight. And joining me, as always, is Spencer. Hey, it's me. I'm back again. <laughs> I need to stop saying that. Every time, every I did it last week, last episode too. There was like, okay. hey, it's me. <laughs> it, it's okay. It's cheesy. <laughs> so let's go ahead and get started today. We. We um we just just got finished with watching uh the final installment the fi the latest thing that we've seen and that's kind of that's kind of weird to say is that's the last thing we've seen from the MCU is Spider Man Far From Home. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about you, I genuinely I don't even know if I knew this movie was being made until very close to it being the first trailer being released. It was it was really uh, shadowed over by our anticipation for Endgame. That's true. So we were all frantically wondering, like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen with Endgame? Oh my gosh. It's, <laughs> it's the greatest thing since... The Tesseract's back. It's the greatest thing since sliced <laughs> bread. And then they sliced it like bread. So so let's just jump right into this. What what is your, What are your thoughts about... Far from home. I liked it better on the rewatch. But going into after Endgame, I just and we have a friend, um, Dawson, who I remember he told me he's a huge fan of Marvel. And he kinda told me after Endgame that he felt like he had accomplished something that like he didn't feel obligated to watch the movies anymore, kinda. Mm. You know, like he mm -hmm. had made it through the Infinity Saga. And I'm sure Saga. Saga. No Luke here to say, excuse me. 
I don't even know which one he actually likes, but genuinely telling you right now. But he felt like after finishing it, and I'm sure other people feel this way after so many movies, that he didn't feel like he needed to go see it. And I didn't see every movie opening night. I have seen every movie in the cinema. But like, I definitely felt the same way. Like, I was like, yeah, I'm going to see Far From Home, but I'm not in a hurry to see it. And this was obviously before podcasting and stuff. I'm sure if we're doing the podcast and Black Widow comes mm-hmm. out, I'm going to have to put out a review pretty quickly. But yeah, me and Isabel went to see it and we were blown away. We were so surprised by how good it was. And I'm going to say it right now, it's better than Spider-Man for Homecoming. Yes. For me, at least. My big draw to go see it in cinema was um, I was actually on vacation when this movie came out and it's the farthest I'd ever been from home. So I wanted to see Far From Home, Far From Home. And I wanted to eat pigs in a blanket. <laughs> in a blanket. In a blanket. <laughs> but, but you know, I, 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 I got to do that. And that was honestly like the biggest, biggest draw for me. And this, uh, on that like line of, oh, we finished the Infinity Saga. Now what? <laughs> now what? Yeah. And this movie does a little in that direction. But it's definitely like a post-endgame kind of... I think it serves as a nice kind of epilogue for the story. It's because the Toy Story 4. It is the Toy Story 4 of the MCU. Man, did I say that? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Now I'm going to scour the Grace Conclusions episode for the time that I said that. I'm going to put it back into here. No. no. I've, I've quoted stuff I've said from that episode too many times and not have done that gag to do it now. <laughs> it's too late. But I did say it was the Toy Story 4 of the MCU in a different way because uh, Woody didn't die <laughs> in Toy Story 3. Just Quentin Beck did. Yeah. It or wasn't, did he? It wasn't Forky walking around with none of the other toys. <laughs> Except for, I don't know, Mr. Beh- Mr. Potato Head is happy. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I figured it out, guys. It's, it's the blip mustache. <laughs> I'm a married spud. I'm a married spud. I'm a married spud. <laughs> now he's a single spud. Oh my gosh. Are you guys dating? Yes, not really. <laughs> that, that line at the end is the best, only because it was memed into Sony and Marvel Studios to perfection. This is, uh, I think Thor Ragnarok, I think Luke's right. It's the most memed of the MCU. Maybe Infinity War after that. There's a lot of memes from Infinity War. There's a lot of memes. And then this one's third place, I feel like. Well, there's a lot of memes from Endgame, too. Not that many. Um, well, really from that one battle, the final battle. That's true. You took everything from me. I don't even know who you are. Yeah, that's true. Okay, we probably should talk about Far From Home, though. Yeah, we, sh- we should. I think it does everything I like in a sequel, but I've realized that there are so many reused ideas and parallels to the first one. For one, uh, pretty much, out- <laughs> what is it called? Not iPhone-made video. I mean, it's an iPhone shot yeah. video, but... Uh, Just like an amateur... No, YouTube. what do you call it? No, it's the iMovies. Oh. iMovies, yeah. And it's just like the first, kind of like the first one where it came with Peter Parker's movie see that's one thing that i like because that's kind of different from anything we've seen in these other in the other mcu movies is just kind of it starts with his little movie that he's making and i hope 
there's there's a bunch of just running things like having home in the title that I am looking forward to in the conclusion of this trilogy. Which I have no idea what it's that's going to be like, even slightly. Yeah. I really hope that he's in New York the entire film. I know that seems like a lot to ask, but I mean, if I'm it just supposed to rumors say it is. I doubt it. I know, I know. But you know, you know, you never know. I know. I mean, the whole problem at the end can be fixed with uh, Talos walking around as Peter Parker for five minutes. Spider-Man swings by. Oh, What's man. up, guys? And Spider-Man's guilty, but who cares about that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Peter's innocent. Let's see. What What else? Um, so it began, with that, it began with that video, and then, of course, they're going on this trip, and she's preparing for this trip, which they left most of that out. Yeah, the trip just went off the... It started good, but then just went off the rails. I just... I loved the the trip. All of the gags from the trip. The, the cast just was fantastic. Um, As a man of science, I say witches. <laughs> he was great. He's probably my favorite character, especially in the rewatch. Him and, him and the, the character, like, don't you do that, Roger, don't you do this. I'm doing my best, Julius! <laughs> Oh my god! Everyone off the box! I just love he snapped at the end. But man. We're kind of bouncing around. Were you sold movie. were you sold on the Quentin Beck? At at least at any point in time. Yeah. Oh man, it's I think I was, but I but you, you know, Mysterio, he's the villain. But I didn't know how they were going to turn him into the villain. I bought the multiverse thing. Because he was right. Even though he was right. (laughs) Everything he said was right by coincidence. That that was a mean move. Mm -hmm. Also, there was actually something... I didn't mention this. When Tony Stark is doing the calculations for the time travel thing, Mm -hmm. the solution, when Friday ends up on the solution... Somewhere on the holographic is a nine 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 nine, which is the universe the movies take place in. Super nerdy stuff. Yeah, I don't have time to explain it <laughs> to anyone that would <laughs> a link that anyone anybody, would care to hear. Anybody who would want to know probably already knows. You're right. It's Google. You can yeah. Google that stuff. Too long covering. Okay, we have to say the things this movie struggles with. As as culture of men that love Spider-Man so much. Did I say Spider-Man the wrong way? I'll say it again. <laughs> no, you said Spider-Man cracked me up. Okay. Has cultured Spider-Man Spider-Man loving men. <laughs> it's getting worse. It's getting worse. It's just, getting so just, much worse. Just keep going. I'm not cutting any of this out. It's too good. Great. Anyway, there's no bloopers of this podcast because I don't cut <laughs> anything that's not absolutely necessary. It's true. As fans of Spider-Man, we have to honor Spider-Man by saying where this movie falters, which Mm -hmm. it's still a situation, it does better, but it's still a situation where it doesn't feel like that much of a Spider-Man movie to me. Yeah, it, this one, it relies almost more on Iron Man, even though he's not in the movie, than Homecoming. And that felt, it just relied so much on past events 
in this shared universe. Uh, yeah, and his experiences. Mm -hmm. There are parts in this movie that are felt more Spider-Man to me. So like Nick Fury recruiting Spider-Man, I think that happens all the time. Yes. And that was really classic. Making him wear a different suit is good. And of course Mysterio is the most comic accurate really we've had. I mean, just it's another top ranking villain with Vulture. Mm -hmm. Vulture was fantastic and he's a great Jake Gyllenhaal. Hats off to him for doing a great follow up. And like we discussed when we were watching the movie, Jake Gyllenhaal just blew this out of the water playing like a double role of playing he's an actor playing an actor. And he just pulled that off brilliantly. And he's a more subtle I mean, I think the I think it's a more subtle Bruce Wayne Batman type double rule. Bruce mm -hmm. Wayne Batman's hard. And I think a lot of people have struggled. So like George Clooney was a great Bruce Wayne, um, but not a great Batman, et cetera, et cetera. Depending on your rating, if you like him, I'm sorry. I, I, I haven't actually that's like the only one that I haven't sat down in. I've just watched a lot of scenes of that movie without watching the movie. I'm Even not a terrible person. The Bat Critic. See, that's a good example of not a great Batman. I don't blame him. <laughs> that was all right. I'm just saying, I think Ben Affleck's still the best mm -hmm. at both of those roles. Not that he's the best Batman or the best Bruce Wayne. He's neither of those things. He's just the best in both categories. Mm -hmm. Which, there's this Spider-Man and Peter Parker, there's really nothing in between them. No. So, I think, at least in this movie, people saying, like, oh, Tom Holland's the best of both. Tom Holland's the best Peter Parker and the best Spider-Man. No, he's just Peter Parker. Yeah, because this, this one, especially because they, they have to take away the role of Spider-Man and where he becomes the Night Monkey. So, they literally just kind of take Spider-Man away from him. And so he has to be himself. But... Yeah. I'm just saying there's 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 glimpses, but it's hard to feel like this is a Spider-Man movie mm -hmm. sometimes. I like that he's on his own. Um, and But then the Edith dragged us back into the the last one's falters. I, I don't know. I still love this movie, and I hats off to the cast, mostly Tom Holland, for just carrying this movie. There's a meme. Well, not even a meme. It's actually just a... I don't know what it is. I don't know what to call it. But it's uh, it shows Peter Parker talking to Tony Stark in person, like when he's going to take mm -hmm. the suit away in Spider-Man Homecoming, and him talking to Happy in the plane on this one. And it's it's like they did so amazing at taking Peter Parker from the don't tell me what to do 15-year-old to please God tell me what to do mm -hmm. 16, 17-year-old in this one. And that it's, whole... It's confusing. Oh, it's fantastic. Oh, he does it so well. <laughs> Oh, they broke the timeline again, by the way. Yes. They, it's, I, I, don't, I don't know where to explain how they broke the timeline, but I, I, there's just, it doesn't, the timing doesn't make sense to when they blipped and returned and seasons and whatever. It's not a big deal. They really tried to avoid saying what year or time it mm -hmm. was, so they did good in that regard. You know what's something we loved on the rewatch? Also, I wanted, I should have said, I guess, this earlier, but this is the second time I watched this movie. At least if I watched it another time after the theater, I don't remember. Mm -hmm. But we were kind of watching for Nick Fury and yes. Rye Hill being scrolls the entire time. And you made you noticed the one thing. So that's that's something I told myself I was going to do, 
the next time I watched this movie was mm. to be like, okay, what characteristics of Nick Fury are more Talos than actually Nick Fury? Just in the way that we're used to, or that we've seen Talos speak and his mannerisms, and there's a lot of that. That's just very subtly different from what Nick Fury, how Nick Fury is usually portrayed. But I also think that they just had Samuel Jackson do characteristic Nick Fury, and then mm-hmm. they put lines and yes. parts of his dialogue and his choices for sure. Mm-hmm. To make it kind of seem off point, but I, I don't think you would notice that, especially if you're Samuel Jackson. Yeah. But, you know, you wouldn't fall for this. <laughs> but hats off to Talos and his wife for doing so well. I mean, my favorite part of the movie is still when they show the drone. He's like, you got my back, and she shoots it with oh, RPG. Yeah. I think it becomes even cooler when it's Talos and his wife, not mm-hmm. Mariah Hill and Nick Fury. I just love that they... I still... I can't express enough how much I love that they did that. Yes. That was probably... That's a big comic book move that I enjoy. And especially after... I will never forget watching these after credit scenes for the first time. And then showing J. Jonah Jameson. And I, like, freaked out. And the people I was with were like... Who was that? Why are, Why did you shriek like a little girl? <laughs> I don't know. Everyone in the theater with me was like, <gasps> when he co- showed up, just because it's such a nostalgia thing mm-hmm. from all of our childhood now. They don't. They haven't aged super well. Mm-hmm. Nothing that that's hard things to. But then when that second one, I was like, oh my gosh, yes, thank you. <laughs> Let's talk about the. Something that I'm we haven't talked about yet at all the CGI in this film, oh, impeccable, too good. The, there are a couple of shots of Spider Man up close, like when he stopped, that I was like, he's not actually there, and that's a weird position the, for someone to the, move in. All the details on the suit, the drones, well, on the drones, on both Mysterio's suits or suit. And the Spider-Man suits. Just all those little details were just amazing. I think that's the... Mysterio's suit is probably one of my favorites from the whole MCU. Easy. Easy. It's so detailed. And it kind of upsets me that it was all kind of fake. <laughs> yeah, I kind Even of thought... Even though had a real one, I need that cape. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. I love he's like, murder everyone! Yes, Janice. Yes, Janice. I need the cape. <laughs> like, he, he's losing it. Like, he's losing control over himself. And we kind of see that. That's why Stark fired him. Is that stable? Yeah. Uh, why can't they go a different direction? What are they going to do in the next one? They're going to have uh, Craven the Hunter, and he's like, I used to hunt animals for Tony Stark, and he fired me. I used to hunt with... uh, He wanted to do good things for the world, and he decided to save the animals, and I'm out of work, can't kill elephants anymore. (laughs) Might as well kill Spider-Man. Marvel Studios is going to be after me. I just revealed the whole (laughs) plot of Spider-Man Craven's hunting holes. (laughs) Ghosts are called... Do you like my Spider-Man Craven's hunting home? Ooh, 
Craven's <laughs> hunting at home. <gasps> Put a red circle <laughs> and a random spot of this part still from the movie. I've got a video. I'm off the rails right now. I need to calm down. It's been a long day. It's been a long day. It's been a long week. It's been a long week. Alright, so, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I feel like we kind of covered... The, most of it. Most of this movie. Because I, I think... There's a couple more things I want to Okay, go okay. ahead. I love Ned and Peter's uh, relationship. It was fundamental to the first movie, but I like how they still kind of improved upon it. Because he wasn't essential. He was essential to the first movie. He was not essential to this. But that's why I love it. Exactly. Um, and then MJ and <sighs> Peter's relationship was excellently done. The entire movie. Yes. I just love it. It was super good. Oh, one other thing that I liked about the movie was that he said, like, everywhere I go, I see his face. Well, I saw it so many more times. They had, like, murals of oh, Tony Stark yeah. and paintings of him. Okay. I love it. I kind of want to know what the number of murals and references to Iron Man is actually in the background of this movie. Probably more than we saw. Mm -hmm. And the whole Mysterio sequence where he's actually like having all these illusions and stuff, that was fantastic. Really amazingly done. I mean, the CGI team must have spent the entire time. They must have filmed that first and then edited that entire time. But... Awesome movie. Loved Happy Hogan. Loved all the sights. Oh, all of yeah. the... Happy Hogan. He's the best. And the whole cast. I just think it's everything I want in a sequel. But also not everything I wanted in a Spider-Man movie. But I'm sort of really willing to relinquish some of that. So... Again. One other thing that happened um, on this rewatch... Or on this viewing of this movie was I left the DVD player on and it automatically rolled the deleted scenes that I had never seen... And I really wish that they would have included that montage. Taking on the mob? Yeah. Well, taking on the mob, getting rid of everything, including Lobot, but not Lobot. Because that was a really fun scene. And it gave us oh, the Sandwich Man, released the Sandwich Man cut. <sighs> they had the Sandwich Man back in the movie. <laughs> Mr. Delmar. <laughs> but yeah, that was... That's one... It... it if you, I feel like it's, it was fine the way it was, not having him in New York, but that's just me, but I feel like if they had added that in, that would have been a really good kind of like, ooh, he's in New York, Yeah. being himself. Yeah. Also, we're probably going to get at least two more of these movies. Two more? Well, I've heard six. They want to do two back-to-back -back trilogies at least, but that is if they Tom Holland's like, I'm never going to stop. We'll see. That is, he won't stop as long as Sony keeps their hands up. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, Sony's not our favorite studio in the world, yes, but I, I, wouldn't, so. I wouldn't want to relinquish a multi-billion dollar property either. But also, if... I don't know. I feel like if they lose, they're going to do one more with Marvel Studios, but if they lose that, then I feel like they're going to lose viewership, maybe. Mm -hmm. and, I don't know. Making it like a shared universe, including like having their own universe and this Spider-Man jumping between the two, would, I think it could work. I think it could work, but they're going to need really good people they're behind stuff. Some, 
that won't leave projects. They're they're having DCU itis right now. So with every project they announce, but also stop making, stop trying to make movies of B-rated Spider-Man villains. B-rated. Let's go C-rated. Morbius. Some of these. Morbius, I've put somewhere in the C B region. Um, Spider Woman, that's the movie I want to see. Only if they make it related to the MCU somehow, because mm-hmm. that's she's a very MCU related character. Yeah. All right. Well, let's keep going. Uh, MCU connections. There's a lot. There's a lot. Immediately follows Endgame. And, of course, it follows Spider-Man Homecoming. But, I mean, it's it's embedded. Like, the it's a world without Avengers, and they make so many references to the Avengers. Uh, so, f- for me, um, yeah, there, there, there were a couple of MCU references. Uh, a lot of them were also, OMG, I just noticed this, a lot of callbacks to Homecoming. Um, like, there's one point where Ned goes, uh, I think they're in Prague, and he goes, dude, I'm still your guy in the chair. I, that flew over my head last time. But then the one that we've kind of referenced to this, um, about Nick Fury's just kind of throwaway line, that kind of went over everybody's head. Um, he's talking to Mariah Hill about a Cree sleeper cell which totally I mean at the time if you didn't know the reveal you'd be like oh well I guess he kind of know he might know about that I don't know but now it makes more sense should we should we have a Spencer nerdy minute yes Spencer nerdy minute starts now so what's going on with Nick Fury at the end stop counting I can't (laughs) talk and and do this at the same time so Nick Fury at the very very end credit scene when they reveal that Talos and his wife are impersonating Nick Fury and Mariah Hill Nick Fury is in space and he is starting a new agency of sorts it's like S.H.I.E.L.D. but but it's better because he's more aware of aliens this time called wait for it S.W.O.R.D. it'll be fine Uh, it'll be interesting I think I really hope that they do something with it in Captain Marvel. Oh, and by the way, this space station looks like a big sword. All right, moving on. Let's go back to... Hold on, hold on. Okay. Actually, sword has already made an appearance in the MCU. When? Well... Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I knew it! Um, They actually poke fun at, like... They poke fun. What? Like, oh, a giant sword in the sky? Yeah, right. Um... But yeah, so that's lent, lent us to believe that um, the agents, or at least Quake, will return for a Disney Plus show or something about Agents of Sword. Oh, that would be really cool. Which would be great, because Quake was, Quake's probably my favorite character to come out of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and they did that on purpose. Uh, we were talking about this during the movie, but having Quake and Spider-Man meet, especially with Nick Fury in the mix, would be excellent. There's also a sword reference in WandaVision on a set photo. We already oh, saw it. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. I think uh, Monica Rambeau is the sword agent. Oh. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Monica Rambeau is the kid in Captain Marvel 1. So, I don't know. All right, well, let's come and back to... My, finally, my favorite MCU connection... Yes, coming back to it. ...is probably the one of the funniest moments, I feel, in the entire movie, um, when uh, Happy is... Happy and the kids are um, stuck in the Tower of London, and he just grabs a shield off the wall and throws it at the drone. And he says, "It doesn't. It really doesn't work. <laughs> it really. It just fails." And he goes, "Cap makes it look so easy. How does Cap do that?" <laughs> Probably my favorite, 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 favorite moment. I lo- I appreciated that one so much this time. I completely forgot about that. <laughs> and then. The best Happy Hogan, well, it's a tie. It's there's between obviously there's there's a tie between three of them actually. Of course, there's the line where he's like, I don't know if you did what he would have did if he didn't know you'd be in charge, and he was a mess. And that was a, just a great. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jan Favreau is just great. And then of course there's the I don't work I work with Spider Man I don't work for Spider Man. <laughs> but of course the best. I'm in love with Spider Man's aunt. <laughs> That is one thing that took me by surprise that I really enjoyed about this movie was Happy and Aunt May. It was really good. Especially off the heels of Tony and Aunt May. (laughs) Well, Happy is way more Aunt May speed. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. All right, so... Cringes. Cringes. None? I have many, but that's just because... I think Ned and Betty's relationship was awkward, and that made... But that was a funny cringe. I have a whole list of cringes that I have. The Salvation Army speech. Hey, guys. It's cringy. The Blip? Yeah, that was a little awkward name. This is my Blip beard. They just kept saying it over and over, and I'm like, okay, guys, stop saying that word. Uh, the Peter Tingle. Love the Peter Tingle part. I thought it was funny, and of course it's the bit, funny, but it and just, had an amazing payoff at the it end. It did. Come on, Peter Tingle, and then he just oh, that hallway shot, mm-hmm. fantastic. That's probably one of the best like sequences, I think. And you have to know at some point he's going to be fighting Vulture and Mysterio and someone else, and. <laughs> Say that name. <laughs> do not even invoke his name. Seriously, do not invoke the scorpion's name. And finally, I swear I, I'm gonna womp him with my tail. <laughs> my final cringe, and then I'm gonna get off of the soapbox. And this one's kind of a sad one that I kind of forgot about. The Flash mob. It's great. Mm-mm. Flash was so funny in this movie. Flash was very funny. I, that. And that's another great line is when he goes, oh man, he's just like loving on Spider-Man. What's up? What? (laughs) All right. Uh, Let's see. What else? Dark Horse. Dark Horse. And I think we'll We'll move on. Move on. So what's your Dark Horse? Dark Horse. I have to answer. I already said happy in a different movie, didn't I? I think so. I think I'm going to say, um, 
I don't even remember his name, but Peter's teacher with the glasses. Yeah! That's, that's in The Incredible Hulk and uh, Homecoming. Yeah, uh, this is his second Roger, but Mr. Harrison. Mr. Mr. Harrington. Harrington. Just the fanny packs and the shirts <laughs> and dropping his camera into the ocean, and they showed that in the end credits scene. Yes. I mean, end credits. Sorry. The, the, oh. the credits. Oh, he was. He he's my favorite. He just made me laugh so much. He's been in three MCU movies. He's a recurring like character, side character. I love it. I want him in more things. Yes. He's also really funny in Silicon Valley. Completely different character. Couldn't be farther away from this character. Really? Yes. Oh. Absolutely. I think that's how he got on their radar. He's a really good comedy actor. Oh, and the whole part about his, uh, his wife faking out a blip. <laughs> and so he's like, we faked a funeral for her and everything. But, I mean, it was a real funeral because she was killed. <laughs> what? Um, I think you said happy also. Where I, we got, I've said happy. Um, gosh. I don't know, because I, I, I don't feel right about saying Talos. It's not, yeah, you can't say Talos. You can say Nick Fury. I, uh, well, I guess. He's not even... I don't know. See, see it's weird. You could say Talos, play, Talos as Nick Fury. You know what? No, I'm not even going to go with either of them. Mr. Dell. If you're going to go with Mr. Harrington, I'm going to go with Dell. I love it. <laughs> That's great. As a man of science. Witches. Witches. I just... That's one thing. Like, I'll forget until I watch the movie. And I go, oh yeah, the witch guy. The real dark horse. I think both of us should also say MJ. Mm. This is a shout out. Because mm. Zendaya, great. Yeah, she's, she's fantastic. I remember being really angry. They're not angry, but like when they revealed that she was MJ, but then by the time this one came out, I had accepted it and I was like, okay, I can I can live with this. Because it's just not the classic MJ, but you know what? It's okay. I like this. I really do. 